0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. I'm going to um, continue with our series here on following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right, so we started this a couple of weeks back and laying foundations for different things. Because before you get into the into the oh, you know, how are we led and the different ways the Lord leads, there's a lot of things that we need to understand, and it makes the other things make much more sense to us right so if you want to live a lifestyle of following the lord's leading and i want to because why because the lord when he he knows better than me i don't want to be directing my own path i don't want to be i don't want to be relying on my own self to get me to where i need to be i want the holy spirit to be leading me and guiding me and that's his desire as we see from his word Right. So, but if you want this lifestyle of following the Lord's leading, you need to become spirit conscious, and that is a phrase, that is a word, um, or a term that I have used from the beginning and will continue to use because it is this. It is so important to the uh, to the things that we're even speaking about, and anything when it comes to your Christian walk, you have to be spirit conscious right? So if you want to live a lifestyle of being led by the Holy Spirit and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, you need to be spirit conscious. In recent weeks, we began to unpack what it, what it means to be spirit conscious. So we looked at it in detail and how to get there, right? So we're spirit, we're soul, and we're body, right? We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. But the real you is the spirit, right? That is the real you. John 4 tells us what? God is spirit, Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. So if God is spirit, Genesis tells us that we're made in his image and likeness. Therefore, man is spirit, right? Man is not just this physical exterior. Man is not just what you see on the outside. Man, what makes up man, the image and likeness of God that's in the inside of man is the spirit, right? That is the real you, right? That's the real you. So it begins by recognizing who you are. (laughs) <laughs> and what's been placed on the inside of you. Oh, if the church could just get to that place where they know those two things, who they are in Christ, who they are on the inside, what they look like, and then what's been placed on the inside of them. What's been placed on the inside of each and every one of us is powerful, right? That's salvation... The moment that you accepted Jesus, your spirit was reborn, just like my dad was saying there, was the outside doesn't change, but instantly there's an instantaneous change on the inside. Your spirit is reborn. You've been made brand new. That is the real you, right? So what a miracle that is. The Holy Spirit, God breathes his life into you in the form of the Holy Spirit, and you are born again. What a miracle that is! By believing, by faith, you went from death to life. You know, before Christ, you were spiritually dead. You may have looked very much alive physically. You may have felt very much alive physically. You may even be there's young people, all these people, all these young kiddies that went up the stairs there at, their, at the beginning of their lives, and you know. But you know, when when it comes to a place where we need to make a decision. And we need to make the choice of whether we accept Jesus or not. When we don't accept Jesus, we're spiritually dead and we're in rebellion, right? We need to make the decision to choose Jesus, right? And then that's when you're reborn, when you believe by faith, right? So the more you yield to the life of God and the Holy Spirit within your spirit, the more spirit conscious you become the more you yield to the life in your spirit. So that's why you need to know what the life is on the inside. That's why you need to know what you look like on the inside, because you can't yield to something that you don't know or understand. So when you know who you are in Christ, when you know what's been placed on the inside of you by the word of God, then you can begin to draw from that by faith. And that's when you become more spirit conscious, when you live that sort of lifestyle. Now, the Christian walk, once you accept Jesus, right, you need to realize that the Christian walk is about walking by the spirit now and not according to the flesh the Bible talks about that a lot quite a lot in uh, in detail in Galatians chapter 5 and I've taught on those things before but there's a difference between walking by the spirit and walking by the flesh and as a Christian as a born-again believer you need to get into the habit and get into the lifestyle of walking by the spirit and that's when you will become more spirit conscious therefore you will be able to follow his leading you'll be able to follow his leading. So these are the things that we've been looking at here, just to do a quick recap. The body and the soul must come under the dominion of your born-again spirit. Remember, there's three parts to you, spirit, soul, and body. So the body is your physical body, your flesh. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the emotional part. So you have an outward man, you've got an inner man, which is your soul, right? Because you can't physically see it, but you can, you can feel it through your emotions and different things like that. But then the innermost man is the spirit, right? So your body and your soul must come under the dominion of your spirit if you want to be spirit conscious, right? That's the way it needs to be. People who are not spirit conscious, people who are soul conscious and let their emotions drive them, let the circumstances drive them, let the situations drive them, let what's happening in their lives drive them, they're not spirit conscious because they're, are only, they're only living by what their senses are telling them. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The Bible also says it is impossible to please God without faith. We are called to live by faith, not live by what we can see. Amen? So the body and the soul must come under the dominion of the born-again spirit. The part of you that has been perfected and redeemed, which is your spirit man, has been perfected and it has been redeemed. There's no, oh, I need to work on, I need to work on that, I need to work on that. This is why it is so important to understand spirit, soul, and body. There's no, oh, I need to work on that. Because your spirit, man, was recreated in righteousness and holiness. 1 John four seventeen says, just as Jesus is, so are you in this world. How can you be just like Jesus in this world when you're human? Because your spirit isn't human, your spirit has been reborn and it has the life of God in you. So your spirit's been perfected. So you need to spend your life drawn from your perfected spirit. Not from your soul, which hasn't been redeemed, or your body. Those you, When you receive your glorified body, when you get to go to be with Jesus, that's when you're redeemed, spirit, soul, and body. You've been purchased. All three have been purchased. That's why in your physical body, you can believe God for, for healing. Why? Because Jesus purchased it for you. But if you have been redeemed, let me tell you, You sickness wouldn't even be if you have been redeemed in your physical body, sickness wouldn't even be able to come upon you. The temptation of sickness wouldn't be able to come upon you. So, the fact that it is, we're not yet been redeemed in our physical body, but we've been purchased, which means you can stand by faith, stand in faith, declaring what the word of God says, and declare healing over your physical body and your mind. And then, when you get to go to be with Jesus, that's when you are redeemed fully redeemed spirit, soul, and body when you receive your glorified body, where there is no sickness, where there is no pain, where there is no sadness, where there is no any of these things that this world has. It's not, we won't experience those things, right? So if you continue to yield to your flesh and don't restore your soul, how do you restore your soul? Remember, we talked about that by the implanted word, by getting the word of god into your mind so your mind gets renewed so your mind gets reprogrammed when your soul is restored when your soul gets saved right it needs to be continually restored it's not just oh yeah i done that when i got saved yes i went and i passed my bible school course and but it's 20 years later and i don't go to church anymore but i did i restored my soul no 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 you need to continually restore your soul your soul needs to be continually restored. Why? Because it's not been redeemed. So if you yield to your soul, if you yield to your flesh, you're going to be soul conscious. You're going to be physically minded instead of spiritually minded and, and spirit conscious, right? So it will keep, this is a dangerous place to be, right? When you continue to yield to your flesh and don't restore your soul by renewing your mind with the word of God, what happens? You quench your spirit. Remember I said last week how you get, it's like getting a damp cloth and putting it over a candle. The flame just goes out, right? You quench the spirit when you are giving constant focus and attention and life to the other parts of you, right? You need to be spiritually minded in all things. You quench your spirit and then you fail to follow the Lord's leading. And it's a very dangerous place to be for a Christian. When you can't hear God's leading, when you can't discern God's leading, when you can't hear his voice, It's a very dangerous place to be. I don't want to be there. It will keep you out of faith and it will hinder you from hearing his voice. You need to recognize who you are and what you have on the inside. It's only then that you can begin to draw it out, right? So last week we finished up talking about, I introduced the the first way that the Lord leads. There's different ways that the Lord leads us, right? So when you know that, when you have become spirit conscious, when you know who you really are, when you've got to the place where you're walking by the spirit, you're drawing out, what's been placed on the inside of you, right? When you get to that place, you, can, you will begin to experience the different ways that the Lord can, will lead. Remember, Proverbs 20, 27 says what? The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Not the soul, not the body. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. So where does the Lord light the lamp? Where does he enlighten us? Where does he show us the way, direct us and guide us in our spirit the spirit is the lamp of the Lord right so your born again spirit is the lamp of the Lord and this is where you will be led we finished off last time looking at the inward witness this is the more it's the most common way it's the the primary way it's the most frequent way that the Lord will lead us is by the inward witness what is the inward witness it's a check in your spirit do you ever get it it's a check in your spirit. It's an inner knowing. It's a red light, green light. It's like a, a, a perception. Not a feeling, right? We don't go by feelings. Feelings are what, you know, the soul can, can bring forth. But um, your perception, what you perceive, the knowing on the inside, it comes from your spirit man, right? It's called the inward witness. Did you ever go to do something and you just had the perception of, I, no, I really don't think I should be doing this? Or, you know, the Lord just goes, it's like, a, remember I said last week, it's like an uncomfortable not-like feeling. You're like, Ugh, it's like a, in the, just here in the pit of your stomach, it feels like it's just like, Ugh, I really don't think I should be doing this. Or maybe, I, and then it's, that's the Lord telling you, don't proceed. And then it, when you get a peace, when you get a velvety-like feeling, when you just get a a feeling of... Ugh, calmness before you go to do something. On the inside in your spirit, now your mind and your soul will war against your spirit. And I'll get to that in a second. So don't confuse that. You will always have conflicting thoughts. People say, oh, well, I'm never just calm before I make a decision. But you need to, that's why you need to be spirit conscious. Because when you're spirit conscious, you'll know what's coming from your spirit and what's coming from your soul. This is where people make the mistake all the time. They don't know how to, um, they don't know how to separate the two. And I, and I gave a lot of time to that a couple of weeks ago if you want to catch up on that. But um, once your spirit begins to dominate, you'll be more spirit conscious, so you need to be there, right? The primary way that the Lord leads us is the inward witness. It's an inner knowing. The knowing is in your spirit. It doesn't come from your mind. It's not emotional. It's spiritual. It's the supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I, and I said that last week, how it is, it is, so, it is powerful, the Holy Spirit God himself is residing on the inside of us. We are temples of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't dwell in buildings made by hands. He dwells on the inside of his church. He's in your spirit, man. That's where he is residing. And he is leading us and guiding us by his spirit in our spirit. So that perception that you have, that knowing, that inner knowing that you have is the inward witness. Right, Romans eight sixteen says the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That's how we know. Right, that verse is particularly talking about that we are the sons of God. How do you know that you're saved? Did you get a WhatsApp message to say that your salvation, that your prayer reached heaven? Did you get a notification in your email? No. How do you know? Oh well, I know because the preacher told me. Well, if that's why, if that is what you're saying. You need to search. you need to really get before God and and, and get some things straightened out because you don't know that you're saved because someone else tells you you're saved, because they don't know the condition of your heart. I'm not gonna tell anybody, oh yeah, you're saved. Oh, but I said this prayer, oh no, I'm saying no, it's more than that, it's the condition of your heart. Have you repented? Have you turned from your old ways? Have you not just accepted Jesus as a savior? He has to be your Lord. It's got very quiet you know by the inward witness because that's what Romans eight sixteen says the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that we are the sons of God how do you know you're saved you just know if you're unsure get on your knees and you need to start talking to God about some things because I'm telling you I'm sure nobody's going to talk me out of it because I'm sure, because I know on the inside that I'm saved. I know on the inside by the inward witness. Just like how we know, just how that's how he tells us that we're saved and, that, um, and confirms our salvation, it's also the way how he leads us, by the inward witness. He confirms things to us by his spirit, in our spirit. You know, I was taught since I was a young boy, and I'm thankful for it, Just the teaching, you know, I was raised in church and and the different things that was put into me. I was taught since I was a young boy to follow the peace. Do you ever hear people say, just go with what? Go with the peace on the inside. Not a peace what makes your mind a peace because your mind will go and your soul will want to go with what's comfortable. You know, God doesn't always want you to be comfortable. He wants to challenge you. He wants you to stretch yourself. He wants you to step out in faith. That's going to be uncomfortable to your flesh. That's why you need to separate soul and body. When you're spirit spirit conscious, you'll be tuned into your spirit and you'll know what's coming from your spirit. So when I was a young boy, I learned to follow the peace, right? So what do I mean by that? I mean by when you go to do something or when you have a decision, or even just like I said, the Lord leads us by the inward witness in the everyday things in life. But when you go to do something or say something or whatever it may be, say the the green light's there, Right? Your spirit, in your spirit, if you're tuned into your spirit, you you will realize your spirit's not conflicted. Your spirit's not uncomfortable. Your spirit is giving you the green light. Now, your soul or your mind might say, I don't want to do that, your flesh. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But you need to bring your flesh into subjection. You need to renew your mind with the word of God so it lines up with your spirit. If you don't do those things, this is when it becomes difficult for you to hear and to discern. So you have this peace, right? When it's the other way around, it, it's a do not proceed. It's a red light. It's not a peace. It's not a peaceful sense that you have in your spirit. I mean, it's not peaceful. It's not pleasant. It's it's like a not like feeling. That's a red light. It says do, that's the Holy, the Holy Spirit saying no, don't go. You won't feel uncomfortable or conflicted in your spirit when He is giving you the green light. People say, well, how do I know if it's my flesh at peace or if it's my spirit at peace? And this is what I've been saying. Because that can happen. Your, your flesh will war against your spirit. The Bible tells us that. You're, you're not gonna, they're not going to agree. But the more you put your flesh under, the more you give draw from the life in your spirit, the weaker your flesh becomes. The more quiet the voice of your flesh becomes. So then that you can hear the voice of your spirit. You can follow that inward witness. You can you can sense that sense. It becomes stronger and stronger. This is why it's important to be spirit conscious. You'll know the difference. Turn with me to Acts 27. I'll give you an example here in the word of God of, of somebody being led by the inward witness. You know, church, a lot of these things are just... You know, they're foundational, and they're, but they're so important for us to know. Because the church, I'm telling you, oh, we're praying for these things. And oh, Lord, we're desiring for these things. And we want you to do this through us. And we want you to do that. And the majority of church don't know how to be led by the Spirit. If you don't know how to be led by him, it's going to be very difficult for you to do what he's calling you to do right? So impossible near. So um, Acts chapter 27 and verse nine, this is the apostle Paul. It says, now when much time had spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive, say, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, The centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than he was by the things spoken by Paul. So where was Paul here? Paul was on his voyage to Rome to stand before Caesar, right? The ship that he was on was about to encounter a huge storm. And as you read on through the chapter, I'm not going to do that today for time's sake, but as you read on through the chapter, you will realize that the storm came They had to offload, they had to throw everything, all of their supplies, all of their cargo, everything overboard. That still didn't work. The ship was destroyed, just as Paul had said, right? So how did Paul know this? He knew by the inward witness. It doesn't say that Paul received revelation. You see, a lot of the times inward witness can work hand in hand with the gifts of the spirit, which is revelation the revelation gifts, right? But it doesn't say that Paul received revelation here. Now, he did many times before. Paul walked in all the gifts of the Spirit. God used him mightily. You can see that throughout throughout the books that he wrote to the church, right? Now, but in this particular instance, it doesn't say that it was revealed to him. It also doesn't say that God spoke to him. What does it say? It says, I Perceive, he had a perception. Now later on in this chapter, um, when everything was looking bleak and everything was going downhill, uh, an angel of the Lord appeared before Paul and says, "Fear not, you will stand before Caesar, and all the men with with you are going to be saved." Now, that is a revelation. So that was an actual angel of the Lord standing. That was Paul operating in the gifts of the spirit and of the discerning of spirits when he could see into the spiritual realm and he could see the angel of the Lord standing in front of him. And he, the angel was telling him something. He didn't have to perceive anything because he was been told it. But in this instance, he says, I perceive. The angel didn't tell him. God didn't tell him. He didn't have a revelation. He perceived. He perceived what? By an inward witness. By the, He just knew in his spirit. That is an inward witness. He didn't perceive it mentally or or physically. He perceived it spiritually. He was in tune with his spirit. The Holy Spirit was bearing witness with his spirit. And he says, no, 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 boys. I don't think we should be sailing any further here. I think we should hang back here until things are looking a wee bit more favorable. But no, they wouldn't listen and they went ahead. And we know what happened, right? Right? I'm sure Paul's flesh, just like us all, Paul was human. Paul had a flesh. Paul had a soul, you know, that he brought into subjection, like he said, and, that he, and um, that he was constantly renewing his mind with the word of God and that he was in tune with his spirit. But he still had a flesh that he had to contend with. He still had um, thoughts that would come to his mind, like us all right? So I'm sure even Paul's mind was telling them, oh, no, 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 don't say that. There was a couple of hundred people on this ship. Don't say that in case it doesn't happen and you're going to look like a fool. Don't say that. You're just imagining it. You're just imagining it. Don't say that. Does this sound familiar? When the Lord's trying to lead you by the inward witness and then your mind gets in the way, and starts telling you, ah, you're just imagining it. Don't, don't be going by that. Don't be doing that. And I'm sure these things, were, he was, he was pro- he, these things were happening to him also. But Paul was so in tune with his spirit because he was spirit conscious that he was able to confidently stand in front of these people and say, we shouldn't be going any further. This is what's going to happen to us. He confidently spoke it. There was no second guessing. The word perceive is used many times throughout the book of Acts. In in many different situations, you've got Peter, Paul, you've got all these people from the early church um, They were being led by the inward witness. Scripture shows how they knew things that were not visible, that weren't distinguishable by the physical senses. They knew things that they couldn't physically see. How did they know? By the inward witness. Because they were being led by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't always told to them or revealed to them. At times it was. But many times, they just perceived. They had a perception. When you are be being filled, which means it's a continual thing. You're not just, oh, I got filled 20 years ago. No, when you're be being filled, when you're constantly drawn from God as your source, when you're constantly allowing Holy Spirit to fill you and refresh you, you will be very much alert to his leading because you'll be tuned into your spirit, your spirit conscious. Just as much as the Lord leads, we also need to learn to follow. We need to learn to follow. Part of that is ensuring that our spirit is dominant. The more you are obeying the Holy Spirit when He's leading you, the more confident you will become. And I mentioned that last week. I touched on that. How, you know, if you start second guessing yourself, you're going to become calloused. The more you are disobedient, the more you don't do what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. That means that your spirit isn't dominant. It means that your flesh and your soul is dominant. They're dominating your spirit. And then your spirit then starts to get quenched. You become calloused until then you you're become dull of hearing. You don't hear the Holy Spirit. You can't perceive because you've, you are constantly second-guessing yourself and not following through with what he's telling you to do. We need to learn to separate flesh from spirit. You know, this has happened to me many times before, that I just had a stirring on the inside, right? I've been drawn to be thinking about something very a, a lot, something that may have been very much out of the blue, but I just have this stirring, and I just can't shift it. Now, this may help you a bit because it helps me. If I start to separate my flesh from my spirit and I start to say, well, in my flesh, do I want to do this? Do I want to be thinking about it? Many times I'll say, no. In my flesh, I don't want to do this. In my flesh, I'm dreading the thoughts of this. In my flesh, I don't like um, even thinking about it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel nervous. I don't want to do it, but yet I can't stop thinking about it. It won't stop stirring on the inside. That, my friends, let me tell you, is the Holy Spirit stirring something on the inside. That's how you know it's coming from your spirit and not your flesh. Because when you separate and say, well, in my flesh, do I want to do this? If the answer is no, then it's not coming from your flesh. It's coming from your spirit. But then on the other hand, if if you're asking yourself these things and you're like, well, I have something stern on the inside. I, some, I want to go do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And then you start asking yourself and you're like, well, does my flesh want to do this? Does my flesh feel comfortable with this? And you're like, mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a little bit. Then I would advise you to spend more time seeking God. Because your flesh, like I said before, it can all, your flesh can't be trusted. <laughs> your soul can't be trusted. Only your spirit can be 100% trusted because that's where the life of God is. So if you're, if you're asking yourself these things and you're like, oh, maybe my flesh is getting a benefit from this, that's not to say that it's not, it's not from your spirit, but you need to just make sure that you're sure. You need to seek the Lord more, right? And don't run into those things, right? Many times we wait around on God to write in the sky, Lord, just rearrange the clouds so it, 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 I can see in English, what you want me to do. We want this big, grand, obvious gesture to help us in being led. We want God to do something spectacular for us. And we want just one of the road signs to, to suddenly change and say, go to China as a missionary. Even though you know that there's a stirring on the inside about China, you can't explain it, but there's a stirring. Thank you, Jesus, there's no stirring in me for those things. I know where I'm called to be. I'm, praise God for those that are called there. Praise God, but it's not me, right? So, but you'll know, and you'll have a stirring on the inside and you won't be able to shift it, right? That's an inward witness, but yet we're ignoring the inward witness because we're not in faith. We're saying, I don't want to trust the inward witness. I want a sign, Lord. I want somebody to come. I want a prophet to come into town and tell me what I need to do. I want you to tell me. I want you to speak out loud in an audible voice so I can hear you, Lord. All the while, you have a stern, you have an inward witness, but you are choosing not to follow it. Prayer, and then we get into, yeah, we get into this, oh, I need to pray more, I need to fast more, I need to spend more time doing these things. And, and it all becomes actions and outward and outward and what you can do, what you can do to try and move God. And all the while, you have this thing stirring. That's an inward witness telling you what to do. Showing you the way. Now, I'm not saying prayer and fasting and all those things are wrong. They're they're necessary. We need to be doing those things. We need to be people of prayer. We need to be seeking God's face. If your flesh is running right in your life, I encourage you to fast and do those things so you can hear more clearly from the Lord. But they're not. You don't do those things when you have a stirring on the inside. You're not you don't need to just be like, I need to I need you now, Lord, to show me, I need you to speak to me now in prayer. No, the Lord's saying, I've been stirring this on the inside of you the whole time. Yield to it. Yield to it. Now, if you're not sure, if there's not a peace, if you're struggling to settle on a decision or a direction, then yes, give yourself more into prayer. Fast, you know, seek God until there is a peace. You know, Isaiah forty, let's just go there for a second. Sometimes you may need to do some more praying and waiting upon the Lord before you go ahead, right? Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who are those people? Those who wait upon the Lord. In the Strong's, This phrase, wait upon the Lord, means to eagerly look for, to hope, to expect, to lie in wait for, and I love this, to linger. Church, there's times when we aren't lingering enough. There's times when we're not patient enough to linger, to wait upon the Lord, to allow him to speak to us, to allow him to lead us. Too often we don't linger. We steamroll ahead without looking for the inward witness. But the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall not grow weary. Those who wait upon the Lord, those who linger, those who eagerly wait for, they shall renew their strength. They won't run out of steam. They won't give up. You will be successful in finishing your course when you're led by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? The devil wants you to be in a hurry. Do you know why? Because when you're in a hurry, you don't always have time to consult the Holy Spirit. He tries to get you to rush. Did you ever notice that when you've got a decision, and he's like, your your, your mind starts racing, and you know you're like, do it, do it, do it, hurry, hurry, do it, do it, do it, make this a, make this decision, and you're like. Uh, there's so much noise that you haven't been able to have, feel, sense that perception. There's so much noise that you haven't been able to ask the Lord. There's so much noise that you can't hear the Lord's voice. And, and he just wants you to make that decision. Why? Because he wants you to get out of faith and into doubt. Out of faith and into doubt. That's where he wants you to do. Where he wants you to be. When we're rash in our decision making, we get ourselves into bad situations. Don't be rash in decision making. Faith doesn't rush. Faith doesn't act hastily. When you believe by faith, you'll confidently know something. If you don't confidently know, then don't do it. You won't be second-guessing yourself when you're in faith. Now, your flesh and your mind, well, people say, well, that doesn't make sense because I thought, you know, when you're in faith, you're always saying, you know, you don't always have all the answers and, you know, God wants you to step out and don't be waiting until all of the ducks are lined." up. yes. You step out in faith when God gives you a green light, when God gives you a go-ahead, when you're obeying God's word, when you're saying, yeah, when you're just applying your faith. But when you don't have a peace about something, when you don't have a, when there's a stirring on the inside where it's like, don't go, then don't go. Why are you in such a hurry? Wait until you have a peace. Wait until he releases you to do something. Your flesh and your mind may try to get in the way, tell you, oh, go, 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 go. But that's when you need to restore your mind, restore your soul by renewing it. Your spirit will confidently know. When I say you'll confidently know, I'm talking about your spirit, not your mind. Your mind will have doubts here and there. I'm talking about your spirit. Your spirit will confidently know. It won't be anxious. It won't have a, 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 like, a, like a uncomfortableness in it. It will be, it will just know because it'll, it'll be in faith. You're, you're in faith. You know, what requires faith to follow the inward witness. It's not something physical and it's not something emotional. It's spiritual. Therefore, it will require faith. It's supernatural. You don't see it. You don't perceive it with the five senses. You know, when, the, when you see that word perceive in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's talking about uh, seeing with your spirit. You perceive it by faith. The devil will try to get you in a hurry, even when you don't sense a peace. He does it because he wants to lead you away from God's plan for your life. He wants to get you on a different path, so it takes you a long way around the long way. If the peace isn't there, spend more time waiting upon the Lord. Keep praying fast if you need to. Fast and helps you know get your body into subjection, so you can hear more. Don't just fast because oh, I'm fasting because I know it needs to. I know I need to do it. And instead of utilizing that time when you would have been eating. You're just kind of sitting around and waiting for God to write something in the sky again. No, fast, give more time to prayer. Substitute it for something. And I'm not even talking about food. Maybe you need to fast your phone. Maybe you need to fast your social media. Maybe you need to fast some other outlet that is taking your time, that is stopping you from being so spirit conscious. Fasting is not just food. Fasting is giving up something that is... Taking your time. Taking the place of God. Right? Do those things if you need to. And also, don't put a time frame on it. Lord, I need to know by tomorrow night. Seek God until you have a peace. When you have that inward witness, follow it. Follow it. We need to be more patient. We need to linger more. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, God will give you an inward witness. When God gives you something, he, uh, well, for me, he, I just know by the inward witness that I need to do it now. He know, he'll let you know. He's not going to leave you in a, oh, I, God, what do I do? What? No, he, when he's leading you, he'll lead you, and he'll know what to do. But if there's something that you're not sure of in your spirit, wait upon the Lord. Seek him out more. Oh, a dangerous habit that we can stumble into is the 50-50 methods. And I did touch on this last, last week and I said I was going to give more time to it now today. But these 50-50 methods to determine how God's leading us. And an example is it looks like this. We pray and we say to God, Lord, if you want me to do this, if you want me to go there, then you do this particular thing for me on this particular day, at this particular time. And then I'll know I'm going in the right direction. If you do those things, Lord, I'll know I'm going in the right direction. If you want me to, Lord, I think, I think, Lord, when really you've just not been bothered to search your spirit and to get into that quiet time and to seek, to search for an inward witness. But you're like, Lord, you just want God to tell you, right? But um, you're like, God, if you do this, I have this stirring, but I don't really have enough. I'm not really in the place of faith to follow it. So what I'm going to do, Lord, is I'm going to tell you if that is definitely one hundred percent you, I need you to do this for me. And we start doing these, uh, rel- relying on these 50 hit hit-and-miss methods, in order for God to lead us. As, as, or as you sometimes hear it in church, or in, in it, um, in the word is putting out a fleece. You say, "Oh, I, I'm going to Lord, if you do this, then I'll know that this is of you, right? Instead of taking the time to check your spirit for the peace. We use this very unreliable way, and it's unreliable, church, to justify why we're doing what we're doing and why we want to do what we're doing. Really, when you strip it all back, right, you're just wanting to do something in your flesh and you're painting it up like you've been led by God. Your flesh is maybe drawing you to do something and you're like, oh, you know, um, uh, Lord, if this is right, then confirm it to me by this way, Right? And even if, if that's not the case, even if you know, if you think, well, it's not my, my flesh, but I just want a confirmation. I just want, wait upon the Lord. Don't be, don't be putting demands out there. Don't be saying, oh Lord, do this and then I'll know that this is of you, right? It's not biblical. It's not scriptural to do that. We're the New Testament church. We do things differently. We're led by his spirit. Romans eight fourteen says what? For as many as are led by the spirit, those are the sons of God. We're to be led by his spirit, not any other way. Don't become lazy in your faith and expect God to do everything for you. When you're walking in his will, he makes things possible for you. Did you know that? You don't have to make things possible. You don't have to strike. You just have to obey him, surrender to him, and he makes the things possible. And then you just follow him. You walk through the door. Stop waiting for God to pick you up and carry you through the door. No, you walk through the door. And that's another thing. We get into this habit of thinking that every door that opens from us from, for us is from God. Oh. <laughs> Dangerous. This just fell into my lap. It must be God. This situation just came out of the blue and it's favorable to me. So I just, I'm going to choose, I'm going to just ignore everything else and just choose to believe that this is from God. And we start believing that every door that opens is from God. You know, the devil can open a door. Do you know he can open doors? that you're not supposed to walk through. And you should be avoiding that. You should be avoiding walking through those doors because it's going to take you to a place that you aren't going to want to be in. It's a danger to you. But if you're not able to follow the Lord's leading, you won't know what doors are from him and what's not from him. He expects you to consult him first, follow the peace. Don't use a 50-50 method to be led. We're welcoming snares from the enemy into our lives when we do this. 2 Corinthians 11. Let me just read this to you here in verse 15. It says, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. You know he will want you to think that God opens the door. He'll want you to think that the door is from God. He'll even make it all shiny. He'll make it look sparkly. You like glitter, he'll put glitter on it. You like pink, he'll make it a pink door. You know? He'll do whatever he can do to make it look like it is from God. Do you know when, when he came to Eve in the garden, he didn't tell Eve that he was in opposition to God. What did he do? He came and led Eve to believe that she'd be doing the right thing. That's how he operates. He uses deception. He deceives us. But if we're smart, if we're tuned into our spirit, he can fool us, amen? As the New Testament church, we've been given a gift that nobody else has ever had, the Holy Spirit within us to lead us and guide us. We have the ability to know what is from God and what is not from God by his word and by his spirit. You know, your born again spirit will oppose. Listen, your born again spirit will oppose everything anything that's not from God. So when you're spirit conscious, not even Satan can fool you. But you need to be spirit conscious. If you think that every door that opens from God, you'll find yourself in a dangerous place. Did you even ask the Holy Spirit before you steamrolled ahead? Oh, this is for me. I know it is because I wasn't even looking for this door and it just landed in front of me. That's a lot of the times that happens when it's not from God because he doesn't doesn't want you to even think about it. He just wants you to walk on through it. Don't be in a hurry. Faith doesn't hurry, right? Faith just believes God and follows his leading. Sometimes that is quick. Sometimes it's not. But you'll know. You'll know by the Spirit. The doors that God will open for you are also the doors that he will give you the peace to walk through. The peace will be in your spirit if you seek it out it's there he will give you the green light he will give you an inner knowing the primary way he leads his children is by the inward witness romans eight fourteen. for as many as are led by the spirit these are the sons of god be led by the spirit of god and absolutely nothing else you can have god has given gifts to the church he's given you know um, wonderful ways like you know he, prophecies and different things like that that can help us in, in guiding us but they're not they're not how we're to be led you're not to be led by prophecy I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give too much time to that because I am going to get to those things a little bit later but the reason why we get into doubt is because you're out of faith that's, that's it if you're in doubt about whether God's leading you or not it's because you're out of faith you need to have faith in the inward witness the Holy Spirit cannot lie it is a bulletproof way of being led did you know that? Being led by the Spirit of God is bulletproof. Why? Because the Spirit of God cannot lie. The Holy Spirit's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to lead you into a ditch. So if you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's bulletproof. Why are we chasing other things? There's no gray area, church. If you seek the Lord and follow the inward witness, you'll be successful in whatever it is that God has planned for you. We need to train ourselves to train ourselves to follow and rely on the inward witness. Now, I'm just going to introduce the next one and I'll start winding down for this week, right? But the next one is an inward voice. The first one's an inward witness. The next one is an inward voice. Now, another way we can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit is by this way, right? Now, it will help once again to refer back to spirit, soul, and body. And this is why I took time to do all these things before we went any further. there's an outward man and there's an inward man, remember? The outward man has a voice. What do you hear right now as I'm speaking? You hear the voice of my outward man. You sing with your outward voice. I'm not going to sing, right? You don't want me to do that. But you communicate with your outward voice. People recognize, they know you by your outward voice. If you pick up the phone to somebody who knows you, they can't see you, right? But they know you, they know your voice. Did you ever try and like... Prank phone call somebody that you knew and it didn't work. Even when you try to put on another voice. Okay, maybe that was just me. But sometimes they know, they know, they'll be like, nice try. I know you. People that know you very well will know your voice. That inward man has a voice, but guess what? There's also an inward man, which is your spirit. The inward man has a voice. The inward man has a voice. Your spirit has a voice. And we refer to this as the still small voice. Do you ever hear that still small voice? That's the voice of your spirit. The voice of your spirit is the still small voice. When you are born again, you can 100% trust your spirit. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, behold, if anyone is in Christ, who's in Christ? I'm in Christ. Which means all things have passed away and all things have become new. On the inside of me, I've become new. The life of God's on the inside of me. Therefore, I can trust my spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source. So the voice of the spirit is the the voice of your spirit is speaking to you what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. But the Holy Spirit's the source. Again, we fail to follow the Lord's leading through the voice through the inward voice if we don't become spirit conscious. Because why? Your mind will also speak to you. Can anybody? know what I'm talking about here? Your mind can speak to you. What do I mean? Well, you can be thinking of thoughts of doubt. You can be thinking thoughts, thoughts of fear, thoughts of anxiety or any, all these other thoughts that are bombarding your mind. And if you meditate on them enough, I'm telling you, they'll start to speak to you. They will start to speak to you. Right? And, but what they're speaking to you is contrary to what God says about you and what the word says. That's why you need to restore your soul. Right? But your mind is not bulletproof. (laughs) Your spirit's bulletproof. Your mind is not bulletproof because why? It hasn't been redeemed yet. That's why you can still think thoughts that are contrary to God's word. You're like, I read the Bible every day. Oh, I'm in church every time it's open. I do these things. I do that thing. But guess what? I still have thoughts sometimes, and then you start beating yourself up about. You're gonna have thoughts. The question is, are you putting them under? The Bible says to put every thought that is against God, that is against Jesus under your feet, casting down imaginations, casting down thoughts that are contrary to what God's word says. It's when you think about them, that's when it's wrong. Right? Don't beat yourself up for when these thoughts are coming. Your mind is not bulletproof. Your mind hasn't been redeemed. You need to continually restore it. But the thoughts will still come. Don't grab a hold of them. If there's, if there's rogue thoughts there, can you agree with me in saying you can't trust your mind? You can't trust your mind. No matter how much you train it. No matter how, mu- how intelligent you are. No matter how far that it's come. No matter how high your IQ is. You cannot trust your mind. Because it hasn't been redeemed. It doesn't have the life of God. You feed it God's word. You feed it God's light. But it's not been redeemed yet. Right? So your mind can speak to you. If your mind is not bulletproof, it can't be trusted. So when your mind speaks, it may not always line up with your spirit. If you're you're more soul conscious than spirit conscious, what's going to happen? You'll follow the voice of your mind. And that's dangerous. The voice of your spirit can be relied upon because you've the life of God in you. The, voice, the Lord will use the voice of your spirit to lead you. And we call, you can call the voice of your spirit your conscience. Right? So a popular or common phrase we tend to hear is, I always go with my conscience. You know, I always go with, or like people, sometimes people like to call it a gut feeling or whatever. I go with my conscience. I go with what my conscience is telling me to do. Even non-believers will say that. Have you heard anyone else say that? Right, you hear that so often, I always go with what my conscience is telling me to do. Right? Now there's some people in the world, right, who have a more have a more of a moral compass than others. <laughs> right? There's people out there that have good morals, there's people out there that have high standards, right? However, if you are not born again, if you are not born again, your spirit is unrepentant, your spirit is unregenerate. Right, If you're not born again, no matter how good of a person you are, that's why if you're, oh, I've got good morals or I've got good standards, that's not going to get you to heaven. What's going to get you to heaven? Jesus. When you're born again of the Spirit of God, that's what's going to get you to heaven. Right? It's dead. You're, if, you're, if you don't have Christ, if you're not born again, your spirit is dead and it has the nature of the devil in it. You know, sometimes when I say things like that, people are like, the absolute cheek of him. The nature of the devil, oh, that sounds so severe, but they're a good person. They've got good stuff. They've got good... And let me tell you, if you're not born again, you've got a sin nature. You've got a nature that has iniquity in it. Where does sin and iniquity come from? Not from God. It comes from the devil, right? So it came in through the fall of man. It came in when Adam sold us out to Satan, Right? Romans chapter 5 will explain all that. I don't have time to teach that today, but just if you want to write that down, it gives you more of an understanding of these things. Romans 5 will give more light, but I'm so thankful that Jesus gave us a choice to have our our sin nature replaced with the nature of God, which is righteousness. So what am I getting to here, church? Only a born-again believer can truly, everyone say truly, truly trust their conscience. Only a born-again believer. I don't care how good of a person they are. Only a born-again believer can truly trust their conscience because that is when the, the life of God, that's where the life of God is. Your conscience will only permit you to do what is right and what is of God. Then, then you might say, well, I know a lot of Christians that don't, act, that don't act pretty good. I know a lot of people in the world that act better than Christians. You're right. Yes, they do. I'm sure they are. Christians there are Christians who don't um, have good morals. <laughs> there are Christians that, aren't, you know, that, make, that do wrong things. But I can guarantee you this. When they are, it's their, they're acting in their flesh. Not their spirit. If your spirit's been reborn, it's been perfected. So when you're doing things, something that's immoral or something wrong, you're acting in your flesh. If you continue to act in your flesh, your conscience will become seared. That's what the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 4, chapter 2. It's like you sear it with a hot iron. when it's talking about that great apostasy, when it's talking about those people that are falling away from Christ, they are choosing to walk in their flesh and they are searing their conscience. It's not, and listen, it's not... That your conscience is permitting you to do these things. It's not. If you're born again, I guarantee you it's not. It's because you're ignoring your conscience and and choosing to fulfill your flesh. The more you ignore your conscience, the more seared you become. The less that you will hear the still small voice, which is the voice of your conscience. When it comes to a non-believer, their conscience may permit them to do anything, moral or immoral. Some people have a high (laughs) standard. Some people don't. Some people, I mean, my goodness... You wake up some morning and then you think when you, when you can't be shocked anymore, you're shocked at the behavior that's in the world and how people are acting. That's because their conscience is unregenerate. It's permitting them to do those things. A person may have good standards or high morals, and that is good, church. You know, I, I respect that. But if they don't have the Holy Spirit, their conscience can't be trusted. If you're not born again, your conscience can't be trusted, right? The Apostle Paul talked about his conscience quite a few times. This is where we're getting this... this the, Um, what the Bible says about these things and I'm going to read this to you in Romans chapter 9 and verse 1 it says I tell the truth in Christ I am not lying my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit so he talks about it quite a few times in his letters to the church his conscience what was Paul saying here he was saying that his conscience would not permit him to lie he was born again of the Spirit of God so he could trust his conscience. If he did lie, when we lie, or when we do something wrong, that's not your conscience permitting you. It's your con- I'm telling you, your conscience is fighting against it. If you're spirit conscious, if you've been filling yourself up with the Word of God, if you've been in his presence, your conscience is going to be pretty obvious to you. The longer you're out of those things, the, less qu- the more quiet those things are because you've seared yourself. But it's your flesh. You're doing those things in your flesh, not your spirit. Paul was born again in the spirit of God so he could trust his conscience. Your conscience is what speaks to you in the still small voice. It's you speaking, but it's the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit. You know, I, I, I like to think of it this way. The Lord showed me this. It was like, it's the voice of your spirit speaking, but the Holy Spirit is the teleprompter. Your spirit is speaking what the Holy Spirit is saying. Your spirit is speaking what the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with. Right so your spirit it's like it just it's like you know a news reporter how they're reading off a teleprompter they're they're speaking but they're not they could be speaking something that they don't agree with or they could be speaking with something that they don't know they're just reading it they're not taking it from here they're not taking it from themselves so to speak it's their voice but they're reading it from a different source your conscience is the still small voice. It's the voice of your spirit, but the Holy Spirit is the teleprompter. The Holy Spirit is what is leading you, your spirit. That's how we're led. Remember, the inward witness is a perception. It's a sense that you have in your spirit. You say, well, these all sound very familiar. No, the inward witness is a perception. The inward voice is specific. It's the inward witness is like that Check. You know that uncomfortable sense. You know, But remember I said last week, it's not specifically somebody speaking to you or it's not something that you can hear on the inside. It's just a knowing. The inward voice, is you. it's a voice. You hear it. It's, it's saying something specific to you. That's the still small voice. The voice of the Holy Spirit is more authoritative. When the Lord speaks, you're going to know. But when it's that gentle, still small voice, that's the voice of your spirit. Most believers who are seeking after the things of God will experience this small, still small voice on a daily basis. I, I experience this on a daily basis. I'm thankful. Even in the daily routines of life, the Lord will speak to you by the still small voice. He's always speaking, but we aren't always tuned in. That's the problem. You're like, oh, I wish God would speak to me like he speaks to you. No, he's always speaking, but are you tuned in? Many times it's because we don't want to hear. You think that you do, but you don't. You don't want to hear what the God has to say, so then you tune yourself out. And I'm going to close with this. I was, you know, just to give you an example of of, um, of the still small voice. Um, in the daily things of life, I, I was locking up the church here recently and uh, I have my own system of doing things because I'm very methodical, right? So I was checking all the doors and, and this is what I'm always telling the guys, make sure you're checking all the doors now. And uh, checking all the doors and, making sure all the lights were done, locking up the gate, and I jumped in my car to drive away, and I heard, and I say heard because it was a voice. My spirit, The voice of my spirit, the still small voice said, the side door isn't locked. And when I say to you, it's as clear, so obviously I didn't check all the doors like I should have, but it's as clear as day to me in my spirit. Why? Because I'm training myself, and I haven't arrived, church, but I'm training myself, we're all aiming to do, to do these things, to be more spirit, conscience. There's times that I've missed it, there's times that I still miss it. But I'm training myself to hear the still small voice, to follow, to sense, to discern the inward witness, to, ha- to, to trust that perception that I have. So I jumped and I was in the car and I was like, the door's not locked. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm one of these people who is prone to check in their front door 50 times before I drive off. You get out and check it, get it back in, and for some reason you're like, "Oh, that door's not locked." <laughs> now that's my, your mind, right, speaking those things to you. But uh, uh, I, so uh, the, my first thought was like, oh, "It is locked," but it was different. I just knew it wasn't the voice of my, my mind. It wasn't. I just knew it. It was a still small voice. I got out of the car, I opened the gate, I checked the side door over here. Lo and behold, it wasn't locked. And I locked it and I drove away that day thanking God that he leads me in, this little, in the little things. I'm thankful to God that he leads me in the everyday things of life. But see, if I had got got into the car and I was blasting on the radio and I was doing it, I may have been prone to not hear that and i and, I, and I, I listen to stuff in the car, I listen to music, I do these things, but what I'm saying to you is we just we are feeding the soul so often that we're not able to hear the spirit. we're not able to hear the still small voice as something bigger, and the Lord has led me by the still small voice. it's how he regularly leads me you know i do I, like um you know even more so. Then, like, I've never had, you know, an audible voice from God. Some people have. I haven't. Right? He leads me by the inward witness all the time. Like I said to you last week, I give you some of those examples. But he leads me by the inward voice quite regularly too. And in the bigger things sometimes as well, even when my, when my, when my wife and I were buying our house, he was trying to lead us by the, by the still small voice. That was a good couple of years back and we weren't in the place that we were in today. And we were still able to to follow that leading. But more recently, a couple of years ago, when my son was born, I was sitting, I was standing in that hospital room, right? There was a lot of things being said, right? And I was standing in that hospital room the night that he was born, and my spirit spoke to me, and he said, He will excel at everything that he does. That was it. But I can tell you now, as true as I'm standing here, I knew that that was a still small voice. I knew that that was the Holy Spirit telling me in the midst of all that other rubbish, I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me, no, 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 no. listen to me. Listen to me, you see, but if you're tuned into everything else, if you're tuned into what everybody else is telling you, I'm telling you, you'll miss his lead in you'll miss his leading. And I'm telling you, he has excelled, he is excelling, and he will continue to excel in everything that he does. Why? Because the Holy Spirit said it, so I believe it. I don't care. I don't care what anybody else says. He said it, so I believe it. Don't miss his leading church. Don't miss when he's speaking to you. You could be in your darkest hour. You could be in in a time in your life when you are just so conflicted and you don't know. And I'm telling you, he's trying to speak to you. He's trying to get through to you. But can you hear him? You need to become more spirit conscious. Be encouraged in knowing that he's speaking. He will lead us by the still small voice. You need to learn to listen to it. Amen. We'll continue these things later. Are you blessed? Praise God. That makes sense to you this morning. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Oh, thank you for choosing us, Lord. Thank you for calling us for such a time as this. Thank you for equipping us, Lord. Not just calling us, but you've equipped us to fulfill the destiny that is on our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done, all that you are doing, and all that you will continue to do. Thank you for helping us get prepared, helping us look ahead to your arrival, Jesus, to your coming, to make sure that we're planted, to make sure that we're tuned in, to make sure that we're doing exactly what you've told us to do. Thank you for the ability to be led by you, Lord. Oh, we don't have to go through somebody else. We don't have to go through some 50-50 hit and miss. Maybe it will, maybe it won't method. We can go through the bulletproof method of being led by your spirit, which is residing and abiding on the inside of us. And I'm thankful for it, Lord thank you for a deeper revelation Lord for those who are struggling to understand some of these things Lord I just pray for a deeper revelation Lord a deeper understanding as they seek things out as they hunger after your word Lord that you will reveal to them by your spirit what it means how to follow your leading what benefit it is to us and to the people around us help us be word people in everything we do help us be spirit-led people in everything that we do Thank, thank you for the two keys in your word and, by your, and your spirit that you've given to us as your church to be successful in what you've called us to do. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful time we've had here. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we won't forget as we just walk out and get lunch and get on with our lives, Lord, that we won't forget what you have been saying to us here this morning. We'll take it, we'll meditate on it, and we'll be forever changed by it. And I thank you, Father, for Psalm 91, that you've given us promises. You've told us, Lord, that you look after us. You said that those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Oh, Lord, you are our refuge. You are our strong tower. You are our safe place, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that no evil shall befall us. No plague shall come near our dwelling place. No sickness, no disease shall prosper against us. Because by your stripes we are the healed of God. We know that we've been purchased. Our bodies have been purchased. So we take a hold of what you've purchased for us. And we draw it out and we declare it by faith. And we say no, no, no. I am the healed of God. We thank you for the soundness of our minds. We thank you that you give your angels charge over us. Keeping us in all of our ways. That everywhere we go. In the walkways. In, in, in the seaways. In the airways. In the railways. Everywhere we go Lord. In our workplaces, in our homes, we are protected. Your angels are like ministering. they're, They're ministering angels onto us. Ministering spirits. We thank you, Lord, that your favor surrounds us like a shield. We don't have to be anxious for a thing. Your peace guards our minds. Give us opportunities, Lord, to be true ambassadors of Christ this week. Give us opportunities to share the hope that is within us. We're not stockpiling here, Lord. We're not building a reserve for ourselves to live off. We want to give what we've been freely given. Everything's an inward, outward flow. So we thank you, Lord, for opportunities this week and for the boldness to follow through on those opportunities, to be led by your spirit, to be led by the inward witness, to be led by the inward voice, to be led by you in everything that we do. Help us not to get in a hurry. Help us to have faith and to wait upon the Lord in everything we do. Thank you, Lord, that we are unified. We understand the importance of unity. That we're the body. That we walk in love towards one another. Bearing each other up. Walking in love and faith towards you. And in what your word says. Taking everything that you say to us and running with it, Lord. With all of our might. And I thank you, Lord, that here at Island Church Dundalk, we're covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word, and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.